everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. On this week's episode, I welcome in Rick Ornelas, who is an ultimate success coach, best-selling author, and founder of iSpark Change. He helps individuals flourish personally and professionally by eliminating the roadblocks preventing their success. Rick wasn't always interested in helping others on a global scale, despite being pushed repeatedly in that direction by a near-death experience, family tragedies, and deaths. It wasn't until the ever-worsening times of 2020, when he was anxious, isolated, and desperate, that he finally got the wake-up call. His awakening came in the form of divine inspiration and an awe-inspiring spiritual connection when he least expected it. He went from isolated and hopeless to writing a best-selling book, 12 Hours of Heaven, Lessons for a Better World, in under three months while envisioning and creating an incredible future. Rick has been featured as an expert in multiple media outlets, including national and international television and radio. He's a regular writer for Lifehack, guest contributor for various websites, and has inspired listeners across the globe as a guest on over 75 episodes. His next book, 12 Hours of Heaven, Time on Earth, is in the works. So I hope you all enjoyed my conversation with Rick. And without further ado, please welcome in Rick Ornelas. Rick, welcome to the podcast, man. Glad to have you. Oh, thank you very much, Brian. It's a pleasure to be here. Excited about this. Yeah, this is fun. I, you know, it's always good because we serendipitously met at the at the Next Gen conference. So it's kind of cool to uh, to get you on here and talk a little deeper. You know, sometimes at those things, it's hard to have deep conversations because, you know, people coming all over the place and it's loud and whatever. So I wanted to talk a little more because you have a unique story. I mean, just like all these guests I have, these po- the podcast is like all these different ways that you've changed your mindset and things happen to you and serendipity comes into play and, and ultimately it leads you to a different spot in life. I think partly if you choose to take those opportunities and, and think of those as opportunities, um, there's a lot of different things I want to get in with you, but I, I thought we'd start with, you know, I always like folks to share kind of a moment or two you know, this is the Just Get Started podcast. So like how you actually got started on this new path that you're on, because, you know, and we can go back into this, but it wasn't like that 20, 30 years ago, you were doing different stuff. So can you share maybe something um, that ultimately changed the course of your life um, that was impactful? Sure. And and I'd say my answer is probably twofold. Um, The first one and this may be a similar answer for a lot of people. It was when the pandemic started a couple of years ago. So you know, March of March of 2020, when when and I would, you know, I would further clarify to say when lockdown started for us. So where I am living in Texas, you know, we had quarantine and lockdown as a lot of people did. And when that started, all of a sudden, like a lot of people, I had time. I had the gift of time on my hands. Now, I knew plenty of people that were choosing to use that time to binge watch Netflix and day drink and, you know, have a great time (laughs) during, you know, during pandemic. And, um, and that's just, that's just not me. I'm not a kind of a sit around kind of, you know, do nothing person. And for many years, I had this um, book in my head, the story that I wanted to write as a book, and I hadn't done anything with it, because I never felt that I had the time. And 
I had been thinking about writing it for a couple years. I had been, you know, starting to come back this recurring theme, like, oh, you need to write this book. You need to write this book. But that was always my excuse to myself. You know, that, that was always the reason I procrastinated. Yeah. And then when I had the time, you know, I, I, I didn't think about it at first, honestly. And that's kind of the second part of my answer is because what happened was I started getting anxious and, and concerned um, because my business, my coaching business had slowed down to almost nothing. A lot of my clients had to put their services on hold or stop altogether. I was the COO for one client and I had to be laid off from that client to help that business. And so I found myself with you know no income coming in, getting real fearful. And then I realized I had, you know, I was better off than a lot of people. And so I wrote a blog about using the time as an opportunity to be grateful, to use the time fruitful. And then I said, okay, well, you need to take your own advice here, you know, dummy, and you need to start writing. And then I started writing. So, you know, I'd say it was, it was first, you know, being, being stuck in, in, um, in quarantine and then writing that blog and thinking, okay, now you need to start doing something. You need to just get started, you know, no, uh, no pun intended, but, or pun intended. I don't know. However, however that goes. (laughs) Let me ask you this, because you, you mentioned earlier, and, and I hear this a lot because it sounds like myself talking in the mirror in the past was like, oh, I don't have the time to do it. Was that, do you think that was an excuse you made up because you were fearful of actually writing a book? Like, what was the reason in years past that you never actually took the chance to write it? Because you probably could make that time if you wanted to, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you, did you, yeah. do you ever think back about those days and, and like, man, why didn't I start? Yeah, I do. I do a lot because I, you know, technically speaking, 20 years ago or 21 years ago now, when the 22 years ago, when the idea first came to me for that story, I wrote about a page worth in Word, typed up a page worth in Word one day. I don't remember the day. I just remember that I, I saved it on some old laptop, right? And then I never, you know, I wasn't, I didn't know what I know about habits and productivity. And, and I was just kind of going through life comfortable and I was working in the corporate world and had a good job and making, you know, good money and raising a family, Mm. just going about life. And writing a book was like the last thing on my mind at that time. Yeah. And, And I don't think the book, I wrote the book at that time because I don't think I was ready to write it in terms of where I was as a human being and the life that I had lived and the wisdom I had gained along the way. I think that's not why, I think that's why the book came out at the time it was meant to come out. Now, to answer your question, did I have plenty of excuses along the way? Sure. Could I have written it five years earlier? Probably. Um, Could I have made the time? Sure. And having never written a book, um, I didn't know what it entailed. It just seemed too big. You know, it's like, oh, go climb, you know, Mount Everest. It just seems too big, you know, until you're like break down step by step of what it would Mm -hmm. take. And that's literally what I did when I started writing. I Googled, I Googled, I had gone through, read through some stuff from Brian Tracy about, you know, how to write a book, downloaded this little ebook he had and everything and, and just broke it down into just a very simple process of, you know, writing a 500 to thousand words a day and writing consistently. And that's how I went about it. I was like, okay, I'm just going to every day. And I found a time that worked for me in the afternoon. Cause again, I was like, oh, I'm going to write first thing in the morning. And then I'd go work out and then I'd come back and I'd procrastinate and I'd 
do other stuff and try to work on my business a little bit. And then all of a sudden it's after lunch and I'm like, okay, now's my time. And then that just became my sweet spot. And so every day I would write, you know, like one, two in the afternoon, I just start writing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I, I think it's really twofold, Brian, that I, I wasn't ready as a person to, to let the story come out. Mm -hmm. And, and that I just kept letting other things take precedence, you know, take, uh, take priority over yeah. writing. Well, it kind of, I don't know. Have you ever read the war of art by Stephen Pressfield? Have you read? Oh, it? I, yes. Yeah. It's, it's, well, I'm rereading it again now because it just, it's so one, it's such a simple read. I love the book, but he talks about that resistance. Like the hardest part is not writing. It's sitting down to write. Like mm -hmm. that's the hardest part. And if you mm -hmm. can get over the sitting down to write, it doesn't even matter what you write. It's like, you've already overcome like such a big obstacle. And, yep. and most people are un, you know, unable to sit down and write because again, they find so many distractions. That they yeah. Yeah. That was, and that was me. I was exactly that. And, and once I found that, um, you know, I used, I used something, I know you've talked about, you know, like people that like productivity and habits and things in, um, with others. One thing that worked for me was when I had learned the power of, of like an activation ritual for, for a habit of, mm. you know, if, if you're trying to instill a new habit. So let's say you're, you want to, you want to instill going to the gym. It would be like putting your, your workout clothes and your shoes right there. So when you wake up, you see them and you're like, Oh, Hey, I got to put that on, you know, go to the gym. Yeah. And for me, it was okay. I, I made a ritual that, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, sit down, I'm going to um, review my notes, I'm going to, you know, have uh, some, um, some mints and some gum and some things on hand. And, and I'm, I'm, as soon as I get my butt in the seat, I review that, and then I get started. And like, that was my little ritual that I that I created. And, and it worked, it, it worked for, you know, to, to get going at, at that time. How many, uh, like how long did you write for? You said you wrote kind of every day. Like how long did it take you to kind of complete, let's say the first draft of the book? Yeah, it took me, um, I finished in just under three months. And I, when I started, I thought it was going to take, I figured like six months because I was just doing math in my head. And I go, okay, well, I write a thousand words a day. It's going to be probably 60,000 words, you know? Mm. And I was figuring what it was going to take. And what I didn't, couldn't account for is once I got going and about four, six weeks in, I hit this time where I was like, you know, you can call it a flow state. You can call, I, I call it like a spiritual awakening because I felt like the story was just being downloaded to me. And I was just typing where I went from writing, you know, 500 to a thousand words in, in a day. And I would write from, you know, like two to five, two to six, two to seven, kind of depending on how, how it was going. Well, I started writing like in excess of 2000 words in a couple hours, like for consecutive days, like, and this went on for a period of weeks where I would just, my writing just flourished, flourished, flourished. And that really accelerated the process. Um, I, I, if that hadn't happened, you know, it probably would have taken me six months or, um, but it was, it was just kind of like the perfect, you know, mix, perfect storm of, of things coming together with time and, you know, the story and the flow and, and it all just came out very quickly. Did just the, the original idea you wanted to start with, did that stick? Or did you kind of pivot a little bit as you started to write and formulate the idea, you know, like the story? Yeah, the, the, the crux of the story stayed the same. So the, the story is a, is a, a fictional story of, about an 
angel who was sent down from heaven and he gets trapped in an elevator with 10 individuals overnight for a period of 12 hours, hence the name 12 hours of heaven. And the subtitle is lessons for a better world. So it's almost like an allegory in a sense where um, they don't know he's an angel and he's able to help each of them through the biggest challenge in their lives during that 12 hours. And that's where you get these lessons from. And I, I always knew that I had, I had like a framework of things that I had learned over those 20 years that I wanted to include from, uh, for those lessons, but those, some of them changed. Some of those, uh, were adapted a little bit. I didn't use the original ones that I had written 20 years ago, um, but I used some of them. And, but, but, but the story as I saw it, because when I originally had the idea, I saw it in my head like I had just watched a movie and that story was there. So that, that story was, was always there of the angel. And, um, but, um, but just small things, small things that changed along the way. What do you, so you mentioned, obviously you Googled like how to write a book. You had no idea, which most of, you know, I was in the same boat when I was writing my children's books. Like you kind of don't know what you don't know. Um, so how did you, like, did you get an editor? Did you get like a publisher? Did you self-publish? What, like, what did you figure out to, to get it to the finish line, at least to get it published? Yeah, it's a great question because I, again, I didn't know what I didn't know, like you said. Yeah. And luckily what I did know is I did know some people that had written books <laughs> and okay. I did have some friends who were authors. So I, I spoke to a friend of mine who had written, um, at that point he had written three, he's since written a, a fourth, but, um, and he had published one with a publisher, he had self-published his others. And so I spoke to him about you know, what he thought, hey, should I try to get a publisher? Should I, should I self-publish? And it was really important to me because of what my story was about and the, the um, inspiration and the, uh, the impact that I was hoping it would have for others in a challenging time mm -hmm. that the book come out quickly. And to go with a traditional publisher would have meant, you know, one, two years. I mean, it, could, it might not even still be out today if I had, mm -hmm. had gone that route. And I wanted to get it out in that time of 2020 when people were, were struggling and so he put me in touch with a publishing consultant who had been a you know, traditional publisher and now consulted with people on how to you know, get mm -hmm. their books published. So she helped me get in touch with an editor um, who was very quick um, in, in editing the book. Um, she did it in you know, under two months, just very, very quick. And, um, and she helped guide me through the process, you know, to get it on Amazon and bestseller and, and guide me through everything in terms of doing it myself, but with her guidance. And that helped a lot. Um, and the design, you know, design person for the cover and just putting in touch with those different people um, to get everything, you know, just, it's like the stars came together, you know, they aligned perfectly yeah. because I finished, uh, it's actually the anniversary of the day I fin date I finished was the 25th of July. Oh. Wow. That we're recording. And sorry. Oh, yeah. We're recording. You could say that. <laughs> the day we're recording this. I'm sorry. I just realized that. But, but, um, but it's, uh, so it's just a couple of two years ago that I, that I had finished the story. But, oh. um, but it was published uh, and, and released at the beginning of October. So it was a very short timeline. And wow. yeah, that is pretty. So fi finished July writing. You, so you started writing in end of March, early April, something like that. Mm hmm finished it July, published it October. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's released Maybe. October 10th. 
of um, of 2020. So just a few months later, and you know that kind of timeline. She told me when I spoke to this publishing consultant, she said, "Hey, it's um, you know I, I feel that you wanna. I, I feel what you're saying. I think it's important to get this out this year." Um, the election was happening that year. So she mm -hmm. said, Hey, we got to get it out before the election. And so she's like, you're going to have to really work your tail off, but we can, we can do it. You know, if you can, cause so much, what, what takes so, so much time frequently in the book writing process. And you would, you would know this, Brian is, you know, one person getting back and forth to the other and the editor, and then it takes, you know, two weeks for someone to respond and then all this. And, and it was like, I had to be like Johnny on the spot with everything yeah. just to, you know, to get it all all back and and I remember it was really challenging because we were actually um, had stayed in California for a few weeks because my father-in-law was at, at his end of his life and so we were there you know I was there supporting my wife and we were there staying with my in-laws and so we were going through that at the time that I was like trying to go through the editing and the book design and all these things to to get it all all done and it just you know magically came together. What, did you do anything special for like the book launch process? Like, did you have a, any certain things that you did that were that were good or things you're like, man, I, if I could do it again, I would do it differently. Anything in specific? Yeah. Um, so we we did we did some things. We had a I did a Kickstarter campaign to okay. uh, to help with the because I was funding everything myself at a time when I didn't have any revenue coming right. in from my business. So we did this Kickstarter campaign and it was successful. And that that completed in um, in September, and so that was the first part, and that raised a lot of awareness and a lot of pre-sales, and then um, we had kind of like an online launch event. I I when you say in hindsight, what would I have done? I would have you know had an in-person. I mean, this was COVID time, you know, but I still yeah. I would have had something in person doing it over again, I would have had something in person, some kind of event, because it was all done online. Um, but I, I did that. And we had um, just a lot of social media, a lot of things around marketing the book when it came out. Um, what the other thing I would have done differently is just done everything bigger, <laughs> just done yeah. everything, you know, 10x all of my efforts um, mm -hmm. for launching the book and, and marketing the book. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things. And, and something I, I try to do, um, and I know other people have done successful, and this might be help maybe li people listening in as well is like, um, create like a book launch team. So what I try to do was get like, you know, again, it never works out the exact number you want, but I had like 30 to 50 people that were like going to buy the book, review the book, share it on their social channels, those type of things, like the first week or two of the book launching. So that's something if folks listen in that are like thinking of like, hey, what do I do to get some more awareness? Get people to help you. Like most people would help if you ask. Um, and that's something that was important of like, you know, I, I was only a couple of emails I'd send them, but like, hey, book's ready and leave a review, please. And do, you know, these type of things. And it's amazing that power of like people sharing you know, mm -hmm. your story out, it's like, cause now you get their network, right. And you get their, their group. So yeah. um, th those are things that, yeah, I, I think that, you know, as always, we, we can always look back and say, God, I wish I did it better. But the, the good news is like, I mean, my, my children's books are probably similar to yours in the fact of like, they're, they're evergreen. They're not like, again, if you wrote it on the 2020 election, it would only probably be good for a short <laughs> time. Right. And there's a lot of books like that, but like your book can still be very valuable now right 
Yep. So that's the yeah. nice thing too, is like, it can still, there can still be promotions, could be whatever. You can still do your launch event. You can do it two years, two years later. Yeah, it, uh, it is true. And we did, we did a little, we did some stuff on social media and, and at the anniversary yeah. of, and we will do it again in, in October for the, the anniversary of when the book came out um, and probably bigger. Um, I also had like that, that launch team, those, you know, 30 or so people. Again, I, doing it again like when my next book comes out i'm gonna have you know 200 people instead of instead yes. of 30 people for that yeah for that initial you know i mean just just because of sheer numbers and you know people that follow through and and everything exactly. just to make sure that everything is increased um and yeah and i'm working on a follow-up the writing is going much slower than it did the the first time because i'm not doing that daily writing for hours every day um and then when that comes out, I'll, you know, amplify all the efforts. <laughs> is this another, is this a similar like fictional story or is this a different type of book? This is a fictional story. It's a follow-up to the first one. Yeah. Oh, okay. the, the, the working title of this one is 12 Hours of Heaven, Time on Earth. Hmm. So it's kind of a continuation story, if you will. Had you ever, you mentioned an idea 20 years ago, you wrote a page, but like, did you do creative writing growing up? Did you like to like write stories and like, like like when did it when did it decide like because again a lot of people they might do like a more like a personal development book you have a lot of background that could be helpful there so it's like doing a fictional book that's what again i i, I can relate because i like brian when are you writing children's books like you barely passed english and you know it's like you're doing <laughs> these type of things so I, I i'm curious just like is that something you've always done like just maybe in the background not many people knew or is it just something that kind of hits you like god i really want to write this this is an interesting idea i think it 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 really hit me as this is something that i need to write this is something that has to come out because it was inspired by this, this major car accident car accident where i was driving with my family and my wife and two young daughters at the time and i rolled a car on the freeway and we should have been killed according to witnesses and police reports, but we were completely unscratched. And everyone at that time was like, oh, you know, your guardian angel protected you, you know, you were protected, all these things. And, and that's where the idea of one day as I was reflecting after that accident, because I went through a period of a few months just, you know, thinking about what had happened and everything. And mm -hmm. one day as I was, my mom had given me this little guardian angel pin to put in my car, I stuck it on the visor, and I'm staring up at that pin one day and that's where the idea for the story hit me like I had just watched it as a movie hmm. just completely out of the blue just I had the, the, the story in my head and so the story was there where it came from you know who knows but um, I wasn't a creative writer I wasn't a fictional writer I wasn't someone that um, that um, wrote on a regular basis you know to answer your question what I did have is I did have that experience to draw upon. And, and then I think when I said a few minutes ago, Brian, how I don't think I was ready to write the book inside is because that life experience that I had over those 20 years, I drew a lot on that to write the book, mm. to, you know, learn these lessons of, of being present or, or loving or serving others. These are things that I had learned over those 20 years. And so I drew upon I drew a lot upon my life experience, um, more so than my writing experience. Um, and then as I've always been, and I, I I know I got this gift from from my father, I've always been a storyteller. Hmm. So just, you know, friends, 
get togethers, you know, sitting around the campfire or whatever. I've always been someone that likes telling stories and enjoys telling stories. Hmm. And I think that helped me a lot in writing because it's just, this is just a story, you know, more so than if I was writing about personal development or, you know, leadership or something. This is just, it's just more a, a, a story. Yes, fictional, um, but a story about life and, and about real experiences. Did you have to overcome any, um, what's the best way to phrase it? I mean, any judgment that you might, maybe whether it was made up or actual of like, wait a minute, people know I'm not a writer. I don't write fictional books. And here I am writing this book. Like what I know, listen, that's something people can deny that they care about that. We all care about it, even though <laughs> as much as we may not, like I, I certainly don't think about it nearly as much as I used to doesn't matter as much, but it still matters a little, you know, yeah. in terms of like what other, some others think, especially people that we, you know, love, trust, respect, stuff like that. So my yeah. curiosity is like, was that a hurdle to overcome of just, you're way outside. I mean, you're, you're not even in the ball field. Like you're across town with what you're trying to do with this different than your, your day to day, you know? Uh, yes. I, I'd say it absolutely was, was a hurdle, Brian, because you're right. I mean, we all, to some degree care about what others think, whether you know it matters or not. Um, and what, what uh, the way it felt for me was that I was doing something outside of my comfort zone, doing something I had never done. And I kept it very private. I didn't really tell anyone that I was writing a book. Hmm. I mean, my family knew, but I hardly told them anything about my writing. I mean, my wife would ask, oh, how was today? Oh, you know, I wrote, well, I wrote, you know, 2000 words. I, I, but I didn't give her a lot of detail. And, and only a very few close friends knew that I was writing a book. Hmm. And, and I think what went into that is because I, I needed to prove that I could do it, you know, first before I shared it with others. Yeah. And I was probably afraid of, of that failure or afraid of, you know, what happens if, you know, I'm two years in and I haven't, I haven't finished or, you know, and people ask me, oh, how, how is that book? Oh, I'm still writing. And I kind of feel that way now with the second book, yeah. because that first one, you know, I knocked that book out in two and a half months. And here I am like eight months later and I'm on chapter two of, of this, you know, this next book. And so in many ways, I feel that pressure, you know, that pressure um, of, hey, you know, you should be farther along, you know, you should be better at this by now, those kind of things. Um, but, but I think it's a valid point because um, that kept me from getting any support too. So I was yeah. just all on my own. I was all on my own doing it. And, you know, I, I, I made it work. Um, I, I did kind of rush, I did kind of rush the process. So you talked about a first draft. I would, every day I would write whatever amount I wrote the next day, I would edit it. What I had written the previous day, first pass, I would edit that. And then okay. I continued to write again. Hmm. So that was like my first, you know, first revision. And then I kind of went through the whole thing and did kind of another revision. And then it went to the professional editor for developmental editing. So it, was, it wasn't until I was literally ready to publish that a friend of mine said, hey, my mom's a Christian fiction writer. Would you like to speak to her? 
And I was like, well, I needed to talk to her like six months ago, but, you know, but sure. And then she, she kind of tore it apart. She kind of tore apart, you know, some of the structure and this and that. And so, you know, I made some changes the best I could, but like, I was already committed to this book's going out and, you know, yeah. and it's going to print and everything. And, and I did, I ended up doing like a revision, a revision of it that I, you know, took me a couple months that I, you know, revised some things without really changing the story, you know, to put it back up on Amazon. Um, but if I had shared more, then would I have, would my friend have said, Hey, you know, talk right. to my mom. It's someone that I, that I coach in CrossFit. I would, I, would he have known? And he'd said, Oh yeah, you should talk to my mom. You know, when I was like early on in the process. Yes. So, yeah. um, you know, I guess it's, uh, I was afraid of, of different, you know, people's yeah. thoughts and. Well, again, I think it all goes that we can always look back and nitpick ourselves and like, but again, I look, I take the, I guess I take the positive approach. Like, well, if you did that, who knows, she gives you 20 things to think about. Now you get hamstrung with like overthinking the, you know, like, so mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think it worked out as it did, right. Yeah. You had to push through and, and write it. And then that was just kind of like some cherry on top at the end of like, oh, some extra insight. Okay. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, that's how yeah. I look at it, at least, but it's like, yeah, we, that's the, I mean, I think that's the thing with advice in general. It's like, who are you getting the advice from? And then how much are we going to let that affect like our actions? Are we, or is that going to really stifle us from moving forward? Are we going to overthink it? Or are we going to use it as a guide, but still move forward? You know, I, I think that's one of those things we all have to take into account. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. That That's a great point, you know, for, for your audience is um, who are you, who are you taking the advice from? Because a, a lot of people are quick to give advice. Mm -hmm. I know I'm someone who's quick to give advice and um, that doesn't mean it's always good advice for the, for the recipient, right? right. I mean, depending on their individual situation and, and their, you know, their self-analysis and gut feeling of what they should do in the situation. I mean, those are oftentimes, you know, your best source of, of, um, you know, in making a decision are, you know, your gut and, and going with your heart and, and, you know, not listening to, you know, everyone else, what they think you should do. Mm, yeah, absolutely. What, um, so during this process, and you could take this from whatever angle you want, but like, are there a couple lessons learned, whether it's in, overcoming again the fear adversity to get started whether it's in the writing process whether it's in you know again I I even and I haven't asked you about this but maybe even throw this in like I'm curious on how that mindset is now that yeah it's taken a lot longer to write version two or the, you know, the second installment but yet let's be realistic now you're coaching again you're speaking like you have other priorities in life have picked up different you know so it's like how do you how do you balance that mindset of like well I know it's taken me longer, but I'm realistic that it's taken me longer for a reason. It's not like you're, you know, sitting watching the Netflix binging now and then, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I'm just yeah. curious, you could take it whatever angle, but I'm curious a few lessons maybe to share with the folks listening in some things that can help them out as they get started. Yeah, I, I'd say there's probably two. There's probably two lessons that I've really learned is that one, you know, in, in honor of your podcast, just getting started is huge just starting, breaking that seal, getting going, you know, getting that inertia of, of starting something that is huge, whether it takes three months or three years, but it is that, that action of, okay, now I've 
started page one, right? I, I have a document saved on my computer. I'm not, um, you know, I've opened the book. I, I'm not just, it's not just an idea in my head, right? Because ideas are cheap. Everyone can have, you know, thousands of ideas per day. That's, that's the first thing that, that I've, I've learned, not just with my writing, but just kind of in anything, you know, in things I, I work on um, is to just start. And then the second thing is that I've really um, learned to be in a comfortable place with something taking the time that it needs to take because I'm not ready. Just like I said, it took 20 years of life and lessons and learning and wisdom gained to pour into that book. I feel that every day, and, and this is not an excuse for procrastinating, but what I feel is that every, the time it takes, whether it you know, takes a year or, or you know, two, whatever time that takes, that I believe that that will all add to the story. That will mm. all add to the power of the message. That will all add to the impact that I can have because maybe I have a greater following or maybe I've learned something about um, storytelling or maybe I've learned something about writing in, in that journey because I'm, I'm, I'm a perpetual learner. I'm constantly learning mm -hmm. yeah. and, and growing myself. And so... I take comfort in that, that, okay, well, as long as I'm getting better, you know, me as a person that I'm getting better and I'm improving on a daily basis, then I can take some comfort in knowing that when the work is done, it will be better too. Mm -hmm. um, that if yeah. I, and I definitely wasn't going to rush through this book, like I did, did the first one. Um, uh, but that if I take extra time, and put it into this one, then it'll be well worth it in yeah. the end. No, I think, and just to kind of underscore something there, and I, and I, I don't know if you see over my shoulder, this little thing here, it says small steps every day. Oh, I, like, I couldn't read what it said. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just the way the camera has like a slight <laughs> blur to it. Um, but it's, I mean, it, I, I believe that, I mean, I, I see that so much with all the things I've, been, I've done the last few years, because I was a procrastinator, I was a complainer, I was a Oh, I'm not getting, you know, that, that's how I was complacent 10, 15, 20 years ago. And I look at now, I'm like, well, one of the things that's changed, and, and this goes to your point is like, it's the small, consistent steps each day. Mm -hmm. You don't have to make a big ruckus. We don't have to like, you know, again, do this, the craziest thing every single day, but just the small incremental steps moving forward. You mentioned CrossFit, you know, I'm, I'm big into CrossFit, right? The first rule of CrossFit is we must talk about CrossFit, right? So like, <laughs> The, but that's the same thing with like fitness or anything else is like, you don't have to run a marathon. You just got to get out the front door. You got to put like David Goggins says, I got to put the sneakers on, yeah you know, and, and, and get going. And then all of a sudden you start building that momentum. And that's the thing with a book. You start writing chapter one and two, all of a sudden you start getting like a little bit, oh, wow, I'm getting closer. Mm -hmm. It's when I, and I think you mentioned this at the beginning, like when you make it such a big thing it could really cripple us. But if we think of like, yep. okay, no, it, like, like, I like how you did it. I was like, no, I'm writing 500 words today. Forget about the book being published. I have to, I have to, if I don't write 500 words today, the book never gets published. Today's mm -hmm. all that matters. And then you go tomorrow and the next day and so on. And, and all of a sudden it cobbles together into a book, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think and breaking it. it up to those small steps, you mentioned the habits earlier, you know, it's like, if, if we just break it into the small little steps, 
oh God, there's such an opportunity to, to complete things, you know, and, and, yeah. and be proud of ourselves for doing it. So, yeah, it, 100%. I mean, you're 100% um, spot on. And, and the, the key, remember the key, everyone that's listening is you got to get started though. You, you got to do that thing. You got to, yeah. you got to put the shoes on, you know, yeah. you got to start open the word documents. I mean, all of that stuff, you, you have to just get started for those, you know, for that magic to eventually happen. You know, it's not gonna happen tomorrow, but, and maybe not the next day, or maybe two months from now, or a year from now. But it, it all does compound into something beautiful, regardless of you know whatever it is, right? Whether it's running or working out or writing a book, I mean, it's all gonna compound. Um, and it'll never happen if you don't get started, though. Yeah, it'll never happen there's, there's if you don't zero get started. Chance, there's zero chance of that if, if you don't <laughs> exactly. get started. So. Greg, this is a lot of fun, man. Where uh, where can everyone pick up the book? Say hello to you online. What's the what's the best spots? The best place uh, for the book. It, the book is on Amazon um, in in um, paperback and Kindle edition. Um, I actually just recently, as of last month, we have a, an audio book on Google on Google Play. Um, it's not narrated by me. It's a it's an AI voice, but uh, it's a new thing through Google. So we thought we'd give it a try to. Um, you know, to get that out quicker. Hmm. Um, and then as far as me, if uh, it's really easy to find just isparkchange.com and go to rickornellis.com or isparkchange.com and then learn about, you know, our podcast, um, coaching, writing, um, all different things with Icepark Change. And we have a very active social media, especially on Instagram. Hmm. Um, very active and daily inspiration, motivation, good content there. Awesome. Right, right, man. This is a lot of fun, dude. We probably talked for hours on this, but uh, I certainly appreciate on sharing. I know we talked a lot about the book, but I think weaving in a lot of those different stories, really helpful for everyone listening in just kind of all those different learning lessons along the way. So I certainly appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's been my pleasure, Brian. I, I, I agree. We could probably chat for a long time. Um, hopefully there's some nuggets in there that will help your audience. So thank you very much for having me on. Hey everyone, and just one more quick thing before you head off on your day. If you're enjoying this podcast and are looking for other resources and tools to help you get started and move forward toward a happier and more fulfilling life, then I'd encourage you to head over to my website, brianondraco.com, and hit the subscribe button in the upper right corner. There you can find my newsletter and blog subscriptions, where I share insights and information around getting unstuck, perspective, mindset, relationships, habits, and much more. If you get a chance to sign up, I hope you enjoy. Thanks again for listening in and have a phenomenal day.